Alrighty. <laughs> That's so dumb, and I am so happy we're keeping it in. Welcome back to the Gavin with Liam podcast. Hey. Hey, we're nobody. Back. We're back, and we got everything we need for this week. We have a ton of news. We have a ton of grosses. Um, just to fill what we couldn't do last week... Here is the grosses that we couldn't do last week because they weren't out yet. Broadway in world. in ten seconds. Okay. Let's see ten. how fast I can get this in. No. The shows to sell out were Phantom, Moulin Rouge, Hamilton, and Bad Cinderella. Bad Cinderella and A Doll's House joined the production. Uh, joined the ranks. Bad Cinderella at two performances and A Doll's House at seven performances. A Doll's House grossed eight hundred thousand dollars. And Bad Cinderella in two performances grossed three hundred and eighteen thousand dollars. The most expensive ticket went to Funny Girl at two hundred and four dollars, which is really low for a most expensive ticket. Uh, sorry, that's the average ticket. And then the top ticket was six twenty nine. Looks like those got flipped somehow this week. That's weird. Um, the most expensive gross was at the Phantom of the Opera at two and a half million dollars, and the least expensive was at Bad Cinderella. They only played two performances, so kind of makes sense. Uh, the ticket average was up 15%, grosses were up 16%, and attendance was up 1%. Overall, very positive week last week. Um, the grosses were up, but attendance was, house capacity was down. And now your regularly scheduled Gavin with Liam. Hey, Liam. Ew. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Um, I'm good. I had a great week. Did you? I, did you do anything cool? I did. I did a bus trip to Budapest, Vienna, and Salzburg. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, it was really cool. I did some character research for you, Gavin. Did you really? I did a Sound of Music bus tour. Did you actually? Yeah, I saw all the sites where they filmed the movie. That's so. So it was a tour like for the Sound of Music, or you just happened yes. to see the sites on that tour? No, it was a Sound of Music tour. It was three oh. hours long, which is not what I was expecting. Uh, I was like, oh, we only have six hours in Salzburg, and this is through through the same company I booked the trip through, and a bunch <laughs> of us did it, and it was a great time. But that was the only thing I did in Salzburg. I didn't. I wanted oh, to have like no. I wanted to have a sit down meal. I have like Wiener Schnitzel and stuff, and have you know, like there's this like Stiegel uh, beer company that yeah. is local in Salzburg. Nope, nope. I just sat <laughs> on a bus and had um. You know, sang along to The Hills Are Alive and Do Re Mi. No way. <clears throat> yup. But I no did get to way. see all of these different spots where they filmed. And I found out the front yard and the backyard of the mansion are two different buildings. And oh, the okay. interior was all in L.A. But I yeah. saw the lake that um, they all like fall in the canoe in. Yeah. Found out the girl who was um, playing the youngest uh Von Trapp mm -hmm. child could not swim and real life the cut the take they used she is drowning oh she, she, wow they had to cut the mark early because everyone was diving into the lake to, to get her to actually save her life when was this filmed when was it do you know oh god let me look because like um, that doesn't musical, fly today I think the musical happened in the 16? Uh, Sound of Music movie 63? is 19, 1965. Oh, I'm so good at this. That's awesome. Wow. That's awesome. So, yeah. yeah, different times. You think you filmed that in like 61, and then the movie comes out in 60, or I said 65, so that probably gets filmed in about 63, 64. Yeah. That's wild. Oh my God. Uh, also found out Christopher Plummer, the guy who was playing the, the captain, did not want to be in that movie at all. Really? Yep. 
because he wanted to be doing action stuff and like all of the leading man damsel in distress stuff. And yeah. then his agent was like, I just, I just booked you the best new movie. It's a movie musical with Julie Andrews. And I'm sure, I'm sure if you asked him now, like, yo, would, do you regret being inside of music? Like, and he, he doesn't, this was a big thing in his memoir. He he's since passed. Um, so oh. do not speak ill of the dead. Uh, of course but, not. Uh, yeah, he like bitched and moaned the whole filming process about like working with kids and stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, it would be the equivalent of like Tom Cruise doing a movie musical now. Like yeah. his agent, like just booked him for it. It's like, um, it's like we get more mean girls movie musical casting and it's like Tom Cruise. And it's like Jenna Fisher, which is real. I don't know. I, yeah. don't, I, I didn't see who she's playing, but Jenna Fisher in the, uh, any, any office fans, Pam Beasley. Well, I um, also have a little bit more news later on about, about that. I'll, I'll save it though. It's yeah. just about, um, yeah, about, it might be a fast fact. Let me just do fast facts right now. Cause it's a part of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so Shucked has released the song Maybe Love for your listening pleasure. Casting was complete for Fat Ham and the OG Mean Girls movie actresses are, quote, dead set on being in the movie musical. I did hear a report that they were given an, an offer to be in the movie musical, probably as playing the moms, and got a, um, quote, disrespectful offer from Paramount, I think, is doing it. Uh, not what you want to see. Yeah. Uh, as well as... Um, Danson has announced Rush and Lottery, and there was a wonderful rehearsal video rehearsed, uh, released from Camelot this past week. Go check yeah, that out. That was, was really, really cool to see. Really great. Jordan Donica just, oh. I'm yeah. loving all of these rehearsal videos. Yeah. I know they've always been a thing, but, but I, not I don't know why. Like, every show they are happening. really coming out quickly. Mm -hmm. And I, I hope people take everything with a grain of salt, like especially with like New York, New York. I was just about to bring that up. I saw those today and yesterday. And like, I'm cautiously excited for that show, but that rehearsal video like did not get me excited at all. No, me neither. Um, but but it was just really cool to get to see something. But it's nice to see something. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And like when you've been in a rehearsal process for a show, you can mm -hmm. see like, oh, this is where that's going to happen. Like, like, there's a reason they're doing it like this and it's not... Yeah very exciting to see if you're not excited by it but like i am when i see a rehearsal video i'm like oh that's a fucking broadway studio right that's so cool like one that like they build it with tape in the whole studio and then one day they say you're in a broadway theater now there we go do it yeah, do the thing do it. and it's not about you anymore it's all about the tech elements mm -hmm. the show's it's done so probably the <clears throat> coolest thing i wanted to bring this up at some point but the coolest thing that i think happened this week was shucked just completely changed the game on how people are viewing their show. So up until this past week, kind of what I was seeing was everyone's like, I don't really know what Shucked is. I don't know what Shucked wants to be. No one knows anything about the plot. No one knows much about it. And so Shucked was like, let's give our audience just, they understand that word of mouth is the best and most important way to market your show and, and keep buzz about your show. So they brought in three theater TikTokers, two of two of which we talk about on here quite a bit. Dylan of at Theme Parks and Entertainment and Brian the BA. And and then I forget who the third creator was, but I don't follow her. Um, and they brought him in and just said, hey, come watch our rehearsal. It's not a fleshed out show. It's we're reworking this and this and this. 
just come watch. You're the only three people watching it that aren't a part of this show and haven't seen this script already and seen this yet. And they got to watch it. And then they know that they're going to take to their TikTok pages and say, hey, I thought this about it. And, you know, you just have to bank on the fact that they're going to like it. And they did. Took to their TikTok pages and were like, hey, guys, this show's really funny. And I, I think Dylan said something like, I haven't laughed this hard at a show since Something Rotten, which Something Rotten is a really funny show. And Shucked is set up to be hilarious. So I changed my trip. This this worked. This marketing completely worked for me. Uh, I extended my trip. So I'm now seeing Shucked uh, on the first night of my trip. So I was like, I, I'm going to have to see it now. I'm going to assume they announce a rush because if not, I will be out of luck. But because uh, ticket prices already went up. There was like there was like forty five dollar orchestra seats. I was like, yeah. And then now they're much more expensive. So. Should have gone in when it was just a musical about corn, Gavin. Come on. Now it's a funny musical about now corn. Now it's a funny musical. <laughs> a guaranteed funny laugh your booty off by theme yeah. parks and entertainment. Guaranteed by theme parks entertainment. Yeah. Um, but we can get into the news. We had we had a little bit of an untimely joke <clears throat> last week that we kind of want to apologize for. Yeah. We were talking about how Gavin has recently been cast as Rolf in The Sound of Music and... Mm-hmm. This was also something that we discovered in uh, my amazing bus tour through the Swiss Alps. Okay. Um, in the movie, there is no redemption arc for Rolf. No, there's not. No. He, he is the whistleblower, and then the, the punchline is about the nuns who take out the spark plugs. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and then they run through the mountains away from the bad guys. Uh... In the musical, there there is um, a glimmer of hope for uh, for Rolf. A Ralph. very small glimmer. A very small glimmer. Uh, a one line glimmer. A one, yeah, a one line, a one liner, and uh, yeah. we kind of fixated on that a little bit. And then later that day, prior to the first preview of Jason Robert Brown's parade last Tuesday night, there were a group of neo Nazis protesting the show outside, which is horrific. And yeah literally fucking disgusting the 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 crazy thing and the sad thing about all of this is that um liam and i grew up in portsmouth new hampshire and portsmouth new hampshire had about 10 <clears throat> different small businesses that were targeted by you know we have to assume another group of neo-nazis or a neo-nazi individual who was spray painting on the windows of different businesses that that outwardly project any sort of um uh, it was it was like if any any business that aligns with the LGBTQ community, any business that aligns with the Jewish community, anything that that these people deemed that don't align with what they believe, they took to spray painting these businesses and spray painting some horrific images and and text and and so for all of this to happen in 24 hours in our community and on Broadway was just really hard to see. Yeah. Um, all of this happened after Liam and I had recorded, um, or else we of course would have talked about it last week. Yeah. But it was just a lot, a lot last week to see it happening like in the businesses that we go to, you know, every day at home. Yeah. And then and then to see this happening at what for me is the show that I'm most excited to see during this whole entire season this year. Yeah. Yeah. So and and I I loved I'm sure you saw it, Gavin, but I, I hope yeah. everyone goes and sees uh, the video that Ben Platt put out immediately after that to me was really powerful and Mm -hmm. like the emotions of like the cast did not know what was going on 
until mm-hmm. after the show. And for them, yeah. like that is supposed to be a really exciting moment and a People really making their Broadway debut. Yeah. Yeah. It's an empowering yeah. moment for them and emphasizing that it still is, and it still has to be. And right. that if, um, the result of this is just like, Oh, we feel so bad for them. Like, hope the show is great. Like mm-hmm. the result of this needs to be like fighting back mm-hmm. and showing those awful groups that like mm-hmm. what they say doesn't doesn't matter and right. the show just needs to succeed at this point. Like buy yeah. tickets, go see it. It's powerful as hell. The best thing that I saw and this was came out of Ben Platt's video first is where I first saw it was he was like, this is just affirming why we're doing this show. And he was like, this is why I feel so lucky and grateful to get to do this every night because it just affirms the fact that like, yeah, I do need to be doing this. This is worth, this is worth so much more than any other project that I could be working on right now. And so he came out with a statement. Jason Robert Brown came out with a statement, the Broadway league, the the Schubert organization, I think even playbill. So everyone just kind of came out and was just like, Hey parade, we're with you. Um, And I think that, the best thing people can do is go see the show, go buy tickets. They were over capacity in their first, whatever, four previews this week. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, just fight back, fight back with packing this show every night and getting as yep. many people to see this as we can. Cause it's a limited engagement. It's only here for the next few months. And I think it should sell out every performance it has. It should. I, I, I think it I think it will come close most weeks. Yes. I think yeah. so. Um but oh. yeah, that's 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 the 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 hate part of the podcast that we kind of needed to talk about and just address and and get everyone up to speed. But um you know, in some more <clears throat> in some more exciting news, uh Ashley Loren is done as Satine and Moulin Rouge, which I think a lot of people have seen coming for a little bit longer a uh, little bit of time now. But she's being replaced by JoJo. I, I don't know if you know who this who this individual is. JoJo, whose full name is something I don't remember, but goes by JoJo, and most people know who that is. Um, JoJo will be making her Broadway debut in the role. She's starting on April 11th when Derek Klena is back, which is really cool. It's cool to see when you have like two leads that are like like this, where they're like it's like a Glinda Alphaba moment, and like when you can go out out with two and in with two, it's like really cool. It feels like a whole new show. Um, so I don't know who JoJo is. I I really don't. I I don't I don't I don't know anything about them. S- but I think it's great because it's trying to open up their market and their audience to people that aren't just theater people, which is what Moulin Rouge tends to be pivoting towards more now. Uh, like I think their next uh, Christian in Moulin Rouge after Derek Klena is inevitably done will be someone like a Nick Jonas or like we'll get into the Jonas Brothers later, but someone like a theater slash not theater person that can that can tap into a whole different market so um but i mean speaking of the jonas brothers liam i don't know if you wanted to elaborate on yeah the really cool news that we got yes the jonas brothers are coming to broadway with a five-night residency at the marquee uh at the marquee in march each night is dedicated to one of their albums, which is crazy. That is That part is so cool to me. They will play mm-hmm. March 14th through the 18th, Jonas Brothers, a little bit longer, Lines, Vines, and Trying Times. Happiness begins in their upcoming release of the album. 
<clears throat> I think honestly, I, I've I've seen a couple times where bands will come in and play a couple concerts in a Broadway theater, and it's cool and it's like it's a nice venue. But this is so interesting to me, where they're doing basically five completely different shows. Yeah, it's it's cool. Uh, the one thing that I saw about this was like Ticketmaster being like, or people like, will this <clears throat> will Ticketmaster be able to handle this? Because their tickets go on sale really soon. I think it's like tomorrow or something, something really soon. And it's like, oh no, what's what are we gonna do? What if what if Ticketmaster can't handle this? And it's like the marquee seats like what sixteen hundred people. Yeah, if you like, <laughs> they're selling eight thousand seats in total. If anything goes wrong with this Ticketmaster has a huge issue it's just embarrassing at this point yeah. like like the, the fact that like a show starts selling tickets and they're like oh there goes Ticketmaster yeah like it's not funny like no. it's 2023 make a website that works how, yeah how hard is it <laughs> it's tough it's tough too because Ticketmaster is consistently screwing over I saw the band, one of my favorite bands, Lawrence, actually spoke against Congress at, at like with Congress and was like, hey, Ticketmaster's like stealing from artists and it's not cool. Like they have all sorts of fees that they put on these tickets that that deter people from coming to see our shows. And we don't see any of those. It's just Ticketmaster uh, uh, upcharging tickets for no reason. Um, so Ticketmaster, I, I don't love Ticketmaster also because of how expensive tickets to Sweeney Todd were. The Nederlander organization uses Ticketmaster for booking all their shows. That's why like shucked tickets are now way more expensive than they should be. Um, I think orchestra seats, you should be able to get a f sub $50 orchestra seat for that show because right now they don't have the luxury of selling expensive seats because you don't know what it, no one knows what it is. And they, the previews start next week. So like, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Ticketmaster just sucks. And it's, it's the Nederlander usually has these big shows like Sweeney Todd, MJ, Shucked. I don't, I can't think of anything else right now, but it's just like, I hate Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster is yeah. the worst. Ticketmaster is the worst. Um, but in some really cool news, RuPaul's Drag Race winner, Jinx Monsoon, has extended in her run with Chicago by an extra 14 shows. Originally going to leave on March 12th, she will now continue as Mama Morton through March 26th. Jinx Monsoon says, quote, The kids are saying she ate, so I figured I, would, I might as well have seconds. In all seriousness, <laughs> playing for standing room only crowds throughout my run as Mama has got my mind blown and my heart full. Audiences from all over the world have generously brought so much joy to this show. The Chicago cast has become my family, and I've made friends for life. I'm super excited for what the rest of the year holds. But first, I'm going to keep feeling my oats on the Broadway stage. Um, which is really cool. I I think Jinx is completely right. The kids are saying she ate, so I figured I might as well have seconds. Um, it's Chicago's grosses have been have been amazing. They've been selling out. Yep, yeah, like like she said, playing to standing room crowds because of just this one individual in the show. Yeah, is pretty great for a show that has been running. This specific revival has been running since the early two thousands, and then and then that's right. I don't want to say that and just be wrong. Chicago's this Chicago revival's been running since the early 2000s. Yeah. Sorry. I'm reading the next point because half of it is a lot of big Italian words that Gavin gave me. And so I just want to be ready. I, yes, I that's why this I want to Chicago read. revival. <clears throat> I think it's well, 35 I know, years, but it's been running since the early 2000s. Correct. Uh, I thought it was the nineties. I, I, Maybe I thought all the, all the something like words. that. Let's but I'm see. just saying Jinx Monsoon is keeping a show alive that 
doesn't need like should like it's crazy that you can still sell this show out in my opinion of an extended revival chicago's just that good it's great yeah not uh, 97 yeah right so close enough yeah close enough <sighs> okay <laughs> ramin kareemly will play the phantom once again and it is not exactly how we thought it was going to be <laughs> Have you seen that clip of the, yes. the Yankees? Yes. Raheem Karimlu. Rami Raheem Karimlu. <laughs> and his face drops. Okay. <clears throat> Ramin Karimlu will play the Phantom once again, and it is not <clears throat> exactly how we thought it was going to be. Starting July 4th at the Teatro Stabile de Fruiti Venezia Giulia de Inch- uh, Giulia in Trieste, Italy. I'm going to try that one one more time. Okay. Teatro Stabile de Fruiti Venezia Giulia. In Trieste, Italy. In Trieste. In Trieste. In Trieste. Presented in English and directed by Federico Bellone, this will surprisingly be the first time the Phantom of the Opera has been staged in Italy. Rahim says, I couldn't be more thrilled to be a part of this new production of the Phantom of the Opera with Broadway Italia. I'm excited to, <laughs> I'm excited to work with director Federico Bellone. Together we have been... Long-standing fans of the original production and both agree it's a masterpiece. We want to celebrate that and have and have let that inspire us to creating a brand new production of the glorious score, story, and design. Uh, he hasn't announced leaving permanently from Funny Girl, so we should assume he will be back in the show afterward. Yeah, like, Ramin hasn't said, like, peace out, Funny Girl. He did say that, like, little, like, I'll be taking a break from Funny Girl for a little while. Um, they haven't announced a long-term replacement. I assume it's just understudy standby swing someone, not a swing, but understudy or standby. Um, but this makes, this answers all of our questions. We were talking on here, you know, last week, a few weeks ago about just like, what, what is all this Ramin nonsense that's happening on his TikTok and on his social media? Because Ramin was hinting that he was going to be doing something phantom. Uh, I a few weeks ago when he first when he came out with one TikTok where he was like, I'm going to need my phantom mask. I was like, it's not Broadway. It can't be Broadway. I don't think he's going to come to Broadway. And then he kept making more TikToks and it really just started to convince me like maybe it is like I don't know what else he'd be doing. I also I also was on board with the fact that it could be he goes to do phantom off broadway like they would extend off broadway or something and he was just going to be mounting that production. But it makes this makes all the sense. All the sense. I had a couple other things. I thought it could also be a Love Never Dies uh, yep. Broadway production. That's I thought it. they were going to renovate the um, the Majestic and then throw Love Never Dies in there, which would be kind of a sick joke. That would be crazy. Like, oh, 35 years of one show, then we do the sequel for another 35, 70 right. years of Phantom. Oh, right. you like, shoot me. That please. would be wild. Uh, I'm all set on Love Never Dies. Me too. I, um, I yeah I, I know certain people who are really big fans of that show and uh the four of them can enjoy it <laughs> i don't need a full broadway production that's funny yeah i this means the broadway production is closing when we think it's closing yes. if they extend it won't it just if they extend i will do something crazy i will do something that we ask an audience member to tell me to do and i'll do it because I don't think it's going to extend. 
How about something I tell you to do? Sure, that's probably that better. Good. I hope he enjoys being a stone throw away from Croatia. Do you know where Trist is? No. I'm saying that right. Trist? Trist? It you you know better than me. Trieste. Trieste. Wow, you cannot see that at no, all. No, I can't. Oh, wow. It that's is northeast Italy. Yeah, it is the most north northeast major town you can go. Yeah. And then oh, you're damn. in Slovenia. Oh. <clears throat> Liam Croatia. with Italian geography. So this, this production starts July 4th. Which sucks because you leave like what a month before? Yeah, um, I leave May twenty third. Yeah, so I'm kind of bookending two things I'm very excited for that I won't be able to see, and we'll get into the other one in just a few moments. In just a few moments. Um, but before that, Leah Salonga is going to be starring in Here Lies Love. She's going to play in a limited guest engagement July 11th to August 13th. And after her run, she's going to be replaced by various guest stars from the Philippines. Leah is going to be also joining the producing team, which is really cool. Leah Salonga is awesome. And yep. this show should be... I'm excited to see just kind of what happens with this show. Interested yeah, to see where this goes. powerhouse. Yeah, really like, cool to crazy. see. Like, she's crazy. Yeah, really cool to see that she's also joining the producing team. I think that's pretty cool. I love yep. it when actors in Broadway shows also have a stake in the show because it shows you really care. Not that yep. people who don't produce shows they're in don't care, but it's, I don't know, it's just really cool to see actors producing while starring in the show. It's and really it's cool. the same thing too of like, uh, once you get like into the third or fourth season of a major hit TV show, especially sitcoms, you'll see producing credits by the major cast. Mm -hmm. Friends cast was like season three. Yeah. How about your mother? It was like end of season two. They had producing credits because they really? knew it was going to go crazy. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I, it's also like for a Broadway show, if you just invest enough, you can be a co-producer and yeah. be eligible for a Tony Award. So it's mostly like like Hugh Jackman. I would be really surprised if he wasn't on the producing team for Music Man. Mm, I also would be surprised. You get the next uh, point. I'll look that up. Yeah. So this is the thing that I'm so excited for that I'm furious I won't be able to go to. <clears throat> The John F. Kennedy Center for Performing Arts announced the other day that their scheduled production of The Kiss of the Spider-Woman is going to be canceled and replaced by a different show due to plans with the rights holders having different plans for the show. Um, executive producer of theater Jeffrey of the theater, Jeffrey Finn, says, We wish the circumstances were different for our loyal patrons and audiences. However, comma, I look forward to announcing a new, exciting Broadway center stage production with an all-star cast in the coming days. This well, is now sick. it is the coming days. It's the Ba -ba 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 coming days. It was announced on today's last Tuesday morning that Rob McClure, Leslie Kritzer, James Monroe Iglehart, and Alex Brightman are going to be leading the Broadway all-star production of Spamalot at the Kennedy Center during Kiss the Spider Woman slot. Get the hell out of here, Kiss the Woman Spider. Kiss of the Woman Spider. Kiss of the uh, Woman Spider. Running May 12th through the 21st. Tickets on sale Wednesday, March 1st. Two days, people. I miss it by two days. That is two of my, two, uh, not even of my, just like my two favorite Broadway performers are Alex Brightman and yeah. James Earl Iglehart. And you know, my 18th birthday present for my mm -hmm. parents was a cameo of James Earl Iglehart singing Happy Birthday. It is the greatest thing of all time. And Alex Brightman, I waited outside of the Beetlejuice uh, final dress or final preview um, because Jeremy Jordan decided to have a baby during his run at Waitress. Yeah, that was dumb. 
So I left. Well, I watched the whole show, had an amazing time. But then I did not stage door waitress. I stage doored uh, for Beetlejuice that started an hour later. So I, I stood outside of um, Beetlejuice for about an hour. And then I met Alex Brightman. That's so cool. I know he's life. your guy. I know. <clears throat> I like, love Alex Brightman. And then I, I saw James Ron Right. I texted you right as I saw this because I was like, oh, damn. Uh, yeah. James Monroe Iglehart, James Monroe Iglehart, get it, baby. and Alex Brightman. Uh, uh, Gavin and I have a little game competition, if you will. Anytime mm-hmm. we get a theater notification, we have to be the first one to text. <laughs> we about, okay, about sure. It. We it's not official, but it's, it's definitely not official, going but it's definitely for a on. long time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was like, oh, the grosses are out. Blah, blah, blah. Um, um, yeah, luckily we got the grosses. So I can't, I can't just back on that music man point. I I can't find anything like glaringly obvious showing that he helped produce but i'm i'm sure he was listed i don't have a, a playbill to look at maybe you can actually see like uh, yeah well playbill publishes the playbills playbill for music man that's a pretty good tongue twister playbill publishes the playbills playbill publishes the playbills on their website um oh yeah look at that that's really cool i i also know people that like what are you what are your thoughts on like going to out like say you went and saw wicked and then walked outside of um, Sweeney Todd and got a playbill for your collection. Should that count for your collection, even if you didn't see the show? I think the whole point of the collection is shows you've seen. If your collection is playbills you can fucking find, <laughs> sure. Yeah. But that's like, I don't know, It's it becomes like baseball cards at that point. Right. Like, I bought a $6,000 playbill from the opening. Like, And oh, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Uh, mm-hmm. historical playbills totally fine with yeah like that, that's cool if right. your favorite show is sweeney todd and you're able to buy like an opening night playbill of right. the first production of sweeney todd absolutely right. add it to the collection but like yeah i don't i get... didn't i wasn't hunting for a beetlejuice playbill when i was stage dooring to find alex brightman after yeah. jeremy jordan gave me the biggest letdown of my you know teenage <laughs> years i remember it was tough <laughs> i remember i talked it about tough. it for a long time so of course the stupid baby had to be adorable it, and yeah. have to be a perfect family i know me one thing that is really cool is if like um what show was just doing this into the Woods, I want to say, was doing special Stephen Sondheim different playbills. I think that's cool if you go back and like can can snag like yep. limited edition playbills. But I don't understand people who like because there's some people who are like, I've never seen, I never saw K-pop, but I have a playbill from it. It's like why? Like why? Like that's not going to be a show in 20 years. A oh God, I hope it would be so funny if this is like a clip that plays for oh a God. revival of K-pop in 20 years, and it's just like banging. But like in 20 years, I don't think people are going to be like K-pop. Yeah. The musical was this? Sounding needs to be revived. Like yeah. that is not something I foresee. I think it's going to be, um, yeah, making its way around the regional circuits. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, official maybe the MTCA thirteen minute review circuits will have K-pop in it. The yeah. official verdict I have here is since Hugh Jackman is billed above the title on the playbill, which I didn't know Sutton Foster is not in their playbill. It says these four producers or producing companies present Hugh Jackman in Meredith Wilson's The Music Man. And then it says also starring Sutton Foster. Book music lyrics by Meredith Wilson. Um, 
And then I don't see his name on here anymore. There's associate producer um, Rashad V. Chambers, Chambers, and then no, no other sign of producers or Hugh Jackman on here, which is fine. He he probably invested in it. I don't know. I don't know. I like I uh, said, he made plenty of money off this show. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to talk about someone who's made a ton of money after this next fact. Okay. So Disney's Hercules is currently running at the Paper Mill Playhouse. It is going to be mounting um, a production of this musical of Hercules in Hamburg, Germany, in spring 2024. That was pretty good, buddy. Which <laughs> in Hamburg, <laughs> Germany? Yeah, in Hamburg, Germany. Are you practicing your accent? Are you doing? Are you going to do an accent? I think he has a German accent. <laughs> Um, in spring 24. Actually, he would have an Austrian accent. Okay. <laughs> they speak um, German still. But this is interesting. I initially was fully on board with the fact that Hercules is coming to Broadway. Mm-hmm. I'm now not as... De- I'm, not, I'm not saying no. I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm just not as strongly in belief as I was. Because it's really weird. This is weird. Putting this in Germany is weird. Yep. I don't. Disney does whatever Disney wants. Disney Disney thinks that there's a market for this. They also opened this past week or recently at Paper Mill, and there were some people that were like, "Hey, this isn't as good as I thought it was." I'm not listening to them. I'm gonna get to make my own decision when I see the show in a few weeks, and I'll give you my. A holistic review of all of these different shows that I'm seeing. Um, so I'm not completely sold yet that they're coming to Broadway, at least before this Germany production. Or I mean, it would be before this Germany production. It would not be after this Germany production. Yeah. At least this that's what I think. This is the odd thing. Um, you said it's in Hamburg? Mm-hmm. So a lot of shows, and I just had to fact check this, a lot of shows start in Berlin. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, like Hamilton's that's a big doing thing. Berlin. Yeah, but Hunchback, the stage version, and I had to make sure oh, they didn't yeah. go after 1999. They did Der Glocken von Notre Dame, and that's what has the best recording of Made of Stone that you'll yep. ever hear on that YouTube. That dude goes crazy. You that showed me that. Insane. Yeah, that's I the hardest. Right oh, I after wish this, I, 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 I could probably pull it up relatively quickly but um he gives probably the best he he demonstrates what i believe is one of the hardest things to do in vocals which is start all the way as light as you can make the note come all the way through your passaggio all the way through your break and full voice a b flat and it's amazing it's so amazing but it's incredible I'll I'll do that after I give this last point in the notes, which is the thing that I'm most excited for. Um, Gavin didn't let me look at this, by the way. No. Also, <sighs> new Stephen Schwartz. Oh shit! Stephen Schwartz and Kristen Chenoweth are going to reunite for a Queen of Versailles musical. 
Based on the 2021 award-winning documentary, the story follows the wife of David, quote, the timeshare king, the mother of eight children and their journey of building the largest private home in America, in Orlando, Florida, a $100 million house inspired by the Palace of Versailles. I'm so excited. Steven Schwartz is my favorite composer, and I've I've been saying for a while he hasn't produced any. What was the last thing he that he's put on Broadway? Do you know off the top I, of your head? Uh, Pippin Revival. That's probably close. I feel like there's something afterwards. Was Godspell after? I thought Pippin was like 2015. Yeah, Pippin was after the Godspell revival, if I can recall correctly. I also want to put yes, it out there. It was the I begged revival. Gavin not to do that. Um, if anyone's confused, that is the sound that plays anytime the Boston Red Sox score a home run. <laughs> I just needed to something hype. All of our viewers who did not know that, which is all of you. I need something uh, hype. Thank you. So... I didn't finish the synopsis. So when the recession of 2008 comes, their dreams and lavish lifestyle begin to crumble. So there's going to be an industry reading of this on March 24th in NYC, which is in a few weeks. And uh, they're preparing for an out-of-town engagement at some point. They formally said, hey, we're doing an out-of-town engagement. But that's not all. Oh, yeah! Michael Arden is directing! Oh, he said this is not over yet. I can fully get behind that usage of the Red Sox home yeah. run sound. <laughs> I love Michael Arden. We are Michael Arden fans here. And this, this is sick. I'm so excited. Um, fun fact, how much do you think Stephen Schwartz has made off this one Broadway production of Wicked. I'll tell you, it's much more than you would think. Sadly, I did scroll down and see the number. I didn't know that was part. I thought that was just the end. That's insanity. Steven Schwartz, I I was trying to figure out how much he's made off this production. There was an article published in 2012 that said him and the other collaborators, so I think he did the music and someone else did the lyrics and book. Um, or something but they've made those three were at i think it was 90 million dollars steven schwartz at this point has most likely made close to that number himself 80 90 million dollars i was able to look up and find that his net worth is over 80 million dollars. Steven Schwartz balls. He's so cool. That's why he's my favorite uh, composer. Steven Schwartz is music and lyrics for music Wicked. and lyrics. He, I bet and you he's made Winnie over 100 million dollars. His book, which means he got probably half. He got half the writing credits is he also a producer on it he's i i can't take you seriously he, after you just said steven schwartz balls steven schwartz balls this is like oh my god he's probably made over 100 million dollars from this one production of wicked yeah yeah i, I might be wrong but like dude, i don't think you are wild i also gotta play this made of stone in German. Yes, yes. You yes. showed this to me in high school, and I've never stopped thinking about it since. And I show it to people all the time because of how awesome it is. I'm killing time because there's an ad. Um, okay. 
but it <clears> is <throat> one of the coolest things. I'm just going to hold the phone up to here so I don't, guys, I don't want to download it and put it in like I did with the home run sound. <laughs> but it is so cool. Let's let's find the, the point I'm talking about. It's in German. Wait. Already that's impressive. It's amazing. Come on. Come it's on. Amazing. Oh, oh, did I tell you when I was in Vienna, I passed by a theater and it was a fully, it was like the equivalent of like equity theater and they were doing Hunchback. Really? In German. And I, oh. tickets were 140 euro. Seriously? Which, which tells me that's a crazy good theater. That tells you that's a lit production. Yeah. Oh. Yep. I really wanted to see it and I might go back to Vienna just to see you it. You might need to do that. Oh, you could I'm like also go fund see me legally it. blonde in Italian. Oh, that's right at the, at the high school. It's not the high school. It's the oh. Teatro Verdi, which is a very good, high quality theater. What? What did I? What did you say that you were going to go see like a high school production of something? Oh, was that was that Greece? You said you were going to go watch the Greece. same thing. No, I don't. It was never high school. I I, I don't. Uh, oh, I don't know I, what I was I thinking misspoke. of. But, I, I thought um, you said that it was just like a community, like high school level production. Their season is Greece, Legally Blonde, and Jamie. So uh, okay, I won't see Jamie because I I don't care about that show enough to see it in yeah. Italian. Um, but, but that's Lily blonde looks camp as fuck. That's and sick. I want to see it. It's that's gonna be so, so cool. funny. Um, yeah. also friends, the Legally Blonde non-actor is casting an immediate emergency replacement for their Emmett. Um, Sounds good. Get see on that, Italy. friends. Get on I'm that. Gone. Get on that. Just headshot resume. How right is now. that? How? I don't know. I don't know. Headshot resume only. Yeah, they'll, they'll request. I hate that. They'll request. I hate that so much. <laughs> Liam hates I'm the exact resume. opposite of the kind of person who gets back <laughs> with a headshot resume. My resume yeah. has only Prescott Park and Rochester Opera House on it. <laughs> and my headshot is like, white guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, do you have anything else <laughs> right. to say? But yeah, white guy. Anything else we want to say? about things that happened this week or we could pivot to something else um what else happened this week that, that was that was everything that happened i think that week. was most things i mean i could look like at a glance at broadway world or playbill or something truthfully I, we're already at 42 minutes i i think we're good to move on yeah to <clears throat> that's gross give him the grosses i gotta pee i'll be right back it's gross i'll give you the grosses liam's gonna pee he'll be right back so we had a few shows join us this week. Parade and Sweeney Todd, the two most anticipated revivals of the season, which are going to be going head-to-head -head with each other uh, this Tony season, which is really cool. We lost something. It was between Riverside and Crazy, and I think we might have lost something else at a glance. So we had 24 shows run last week. Oh, and we had 24 run this week. So we lost another show that wasn't between Riverside and Crazy. Um... It was not Leopold's stat. It was not pictures from home. I couldn't tell you what else we lost, if I'm being honest. Funny Girl, Hamilton, Harry Potter, Kimberly Kimbo. I don't know. But we gained two shows and lost two shows. Um, 
but we were still at a loss of five performances this week. So Bad Cinderella was still playing seven in their second week of previews. Parade in their first week of previews played four shows, and Sweeney Todd only played one show, but surprisingly, Sweeney Sweeney Todd sold all 1,498 of their seats that were available and came in at almost about $260,500, which is really cool. It's really good. If you were to multiply this number by eight, it would be you know, pushing 1.7 or $8 million, which is really great. If you multiply parades number by two, they're over a million dollars, which is really good. If these productions can stay over a million, over a million and a half would be, you know, greater ideal, even pushing two. Um, These productions are setting up to really start to sell out and do really well in their first few weeks, which is pretty great. The most expensive show to go see this week was the Phantom of the Opera at a hundred, just about $200. We'll round up. And uh, Bad Cinderella was the cheapest ticket at $75. The top ticket to a show was at Funny Girl at $549. And The Phantom of the Opera was the highest gross this week at $2.5 million, which is really good. This show continues to shove. This show continues to sell way more tickets than their house capacity, which is really cool. And uh, the shows to sell out this week were Anne Juliet, Hamilton, Parade, Sweeney Todd, and The Phantom of the Opera. The shows that sold above 98% capacity, or the shows that I say pretty much sell out, are Wicked, Lion King, Book of Mormon, Six, MJ the Michael Jackson Musical, Chicago, and Aladdin, on top of all of those other shows that I have already mentioned, which is really cool. Attendance was up 4% this week, given even even given a percentage of out of 100%, we were up 4%. Um, but the average ticket was down 7%. So we're selling a lot more cheap seats this week, which made grosses go down 4%, which isn't amazing. But I think once Sweeney and Parade are playing full weeks, we're going to really start to see Broadway ramp up, especially starting to ramp up this spring with just some really good positivity and some really good numbers coming out of here. Um, the show that had the best gross week over week was Bad Cinderella, but they played five more shows than they did last week. Uh, the show to have the worst week in gross this week was Funny Girl. Funny Girl's gross was down 50%. What? They went from grossing 1.9 million to 933,000. Their gross was down almost a million dollars. They went from selling 94 to 84% of their house. Leo Michelle was in the show all week. Am I wrong? Or is this oh, the week no, she's on she, vacation? Is she's this the vac- week she's on vacation? Yeah. Dude. What? Like, guys, go see Julie Benko. Come on. Yeah, it's like, uh, even if the tickets are cheaper, which they probably should be. Like, they don't need, like... They they, they might be. I wouldn't What's know. her salary? But, like, go see the show! Go, like, to me, this is just, like, it shows that this show is terrible without Leah Michelle. I don't know it if really you can shows speak that from experience. The show is not good. Like Funny Girl, a revival of Funny Girl that they don't change anything of is mm-hmm. not good. Yeah. Let's go see a revival of Showboat that's the exact same as it was 100 years ago. So it's just really <laughs> it's just it's just wild. Seeing this is crazy. Like Funny Girl has been completely topping the charts. They grossed a million dollars less than last week. What? Because one person, I know she's the lead of the show. I know she's on the mark. I know her picture's on the marquee. I know who she is. But this 
shows instability in the show. This shows that once you try to cast someone other than Leah Michelle that isn't as cool as Leah Michelle, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Are you still with me? You've been frozen. Take that as a no. Um, but uh, what other facts do I have for this week? Um, oh, yeah. So for ticket percent and ticket capacity for these different shows, um, the were the the what do I call it? like the worst capacity this week was at pictures from home. They sold 64% of their house, uh, which is down 17.8% from last week. Last week they were at 82% of their house. So pictures from home, I think this is their second week of previews or maybe they've opened at this. I think they've opened at this point. Um, they're a really small budget operation coming in at around three sixty nine thousand dollars It's just not, you know, it's kind of typical to see from plays. Um, but on the flip side, the show that had the most positive gross week over week was at Harry Potter and the Cursed Child at 2.7%. They went from selling 93% of their house to just about 96, 95.6, 97, or uh, sorry, 90, uh, just about 96%. And uh, yeah, most, most, we were kind of split this week on positive uh, uh, ticket percentage versus negative ticket percentage. Um a beautiful noise there. They went from selling 80% of their house to 72% of their house. Not good. Uh, Bad Cinderella dropped. Um, they sold out in their first week of previews. And this week we're only operating at about 93.10. Um, Bad Cinderella isn't going to gross high. I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not surprised at that point. I am surprised that Anne Juliet continues to sell out. I really didn't think that would shove as hard as it does but it does which is really cool um and then the rest or are they uh still in previews and juliet oh yeah, yeah. they're fully oh, yeah. open they've oh, been I'm, open for I'm like two months cinderella. now i'm thinking about cinderella yeah no similar wavelength similar wavelength uh, bad cinderella is in their second week of previews um but the most surprising takeaway the two most surprising takeaways is that pictures from home and funny girl had really bad weeks funny girl more than anyone else really bad really really bad it's like insane. It's it's a little frustrating that people are like so quick to like I don't know. It's because they're really not seeing to, the show. I don't, I don't know how seeing to the person. Yeah. 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 And, and and I think that concept is so foreign to me because like mm -hmm. that is not something I've, I've ever cared about. I stopped caring about it after I got my heart broken. My my heart broken. My heart broken when I went to see Waitress. <laughs> I was a stupid fucking baby. No, um, <laughs> I stopped going to see shows based on people because there is like literally it's always a 50 50 whether or not they're in the show that night. Yeah. And yeah, and like, when you stop caring about it, it just you go and see the show. I got super lucky when I saw Little Shop of Horrors. I saw Jeremy Jordan and Christian Borle. Did Christian Borle make eye contact with me? Yeah. Yeah. And did, <laughs> did that Christian moment change my life yeah. a little bit? Maybe. <laughs> Quickly um, on attractive men in theater, the sure. pictures from Hercules. Jesus. Oh, I know. Christ. Those just got published. He like looks a, amazing. Does look amazing. He's really in the freaking awesome. toga. Is he in the Looking toga like the Delaney whole show? Aladdin. I maybe probably run on Broadway. You'll sell out. It's yeah. like Magic Mike. Just he looks <laughs> ungodly. Wait yeah. a minute. He looks demi godly. He Boom, looks demi -godly. That just happened. Um, but looks, I did a little yeah. bit of quick math right here. So <laughs> this is assuming that Parade and Sweeney Todd will sell out with the same kind of, I just took, so Parade played 
half of the weekly performances they will be playing at four. Yeah. And Sweeney Todd played one eighth. So they played one performance. I multiplied Sweeney Todd's gross by eight and parades by two. So in a full eight week performance schedule, parade could be projected to gross one point two million dollars. Sweeney Todd is projected to gross two point one million dollars. Which is right around what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. Really, really in the ballpark. I think Sweeney Todd will hover at the high one, and I think Parade will hover at the low one million dollar range, or or just under it. Yeah. Um, which is great. We talked about the financials a little while ago. I had my little page on like Broadway. I, I read the Broadway Journal, and they were talking about like, oh, Parade will need to gross this much in order to recoup. So after a few weeks, I'll talk about like kind of what the trends look like because I'm going to be analyzing Parade heavily because it's one of my yeah. you know i love ben platt and i love this show um so i'll be i'll be tracking that and seeing when they recoup i'll have my own little i'll, I'll be writing down their grosses every week and just kind of seeing what that looks like um but well, that's the show yeah. that you're like doing the mock producing right you're you're yeah. like if i because i would have i would have invested if doing the stock market game with, with exactly parade. it's the stock market game with parade so i'll be like hey would i would my investment have would they have recouped would i have got my money back we'll see yeah um, but is there anything else you want to say here about the grosses or about Broadway or about you or about anything? Um, quickly, I had no idea that Sweeney had started previews. They just started. Jordan Fisher cried during Bows. Um, uh, who fucking who? I don't really like Jordan I, Fisher very much. So I publicly hate Jordan. Not hate. That's such a strong word. I publicly <laughs> think Jordan Fisher is annoying. I personally think he's a little cringe. Is there anything wrong with that? No. Is he immensely talented? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do I think some of the things he does are really silly? Yes. Yeah. Um, a little I, like, cringe. He, like he posted a he posted an Instagram picture of him outside the theater, and it's like a video of him like turning around and being like, <laughs> yeah, like, that. like I'm gonna do that, like yeah. And it's like okay, but like sobbing during Bowser Sweeney Todd, dude, I would be too. But still, Jordan Fisher's just so like, I don't know. I, I'm sh- I'm sure he's wonderful. I'd love to have him on. Um, <laughs> but Jordan, I don't know. I just he to me just makes me. Err, for some reason. Yeah. Err, I'm excited to see the show. I'm sure he's wonderful. Gaten looked so happy, just happy to be there. <laughs> just happy to be there. Gaten's like, when are we filming season seven? What the fuck is happening? <laughs> How many Broadway right. shows do I have to do until we finish this fucking series and I can I get onto a new job? I know people can start knowing him for other things. Like <laughs> this one show that he started when he was like nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly he's like i love broadway stuff i did les mis when i was a kid no <laughs> you are the boy with the mouth so, stuff with the mouth <laughs> boy with mouth stuff what um what do you think jordan how many <laughs> how many star tattoos do i think jordan fisher has behind his ear <laughs> i'm not sure no, I was going to ask, how many Broadway shows it's do you three. think he's done? Yeah, what do you know they are? I think it's three. It is three. <laughs> oh my god. Boy with the mouth stuff. <laughs> the worst thing, I feel bad too, because he's talking about, like, the character doesn't, didn't have that in the original script. I think that's just something that he struggled with. Um, absolutely. <laughs> it's something that, like, he embraced. It's, it's, um... 
just the sentence boy with mouth stuff is wild um oh, what do you man. think jordan fisher's three broadway shows are sweeney todd's one of them Th- that he cried during what are you talking about <laughs> no that he's just been in that he's been in mm-hmm. rent and dear Evan hansen no not rent that was rent live What's the last one? Hair? Hamil- Hamilton. Hamilton? John when Lawrence slash Hamil- Philip replacing. Oh my god. Yep. I'm exhausted by like that brand of actor who's like Evan Hansen, John Lawrence, the <laughs> the, the little sailor boy in Sweeney Todd. What's the <laughs> um, one who sings uh, Joanna. God, this is so embarrassing right now. Yeah, it's uh, we'll call him John Lawrence 2.0. John Lawrence 2.0. Um, yeah. But let me just look because it's going to bother me. Yeah, it's really kind of pissing me off right now. I don't. I, why do I? Why do I like not remember? Because Jordan and Gaten are like the two actors that they cast in this show to like really try to pull in that are that are like supporting actors. Um but what was I don't the girl know. Playing Joanna, famous. Um, it was. Remember, it was gonna be Michaela Diamond. Yeah. Who's now doing Parade? Yeah. And it was like Gaten and her both like picked, and they just picked opposite. Um, <laughs> imagine having that choice. And imagine like being like, do you want to do this upcoming Broadway revival or this upcoming Broadway revival? And like, you which one are you gonna pick that's gonna win the Tony? Yeah, that's also like, just which one do you believe in? I it's guess Michaela Sweeney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. I'll see him first, and then I'll make my decision. Uh, we're pushing an hour. I, I, I thought we were news, pushing eight minutes. That's how long I've been here. So uh, it's how long you've been here. Liam took a break. Um, but yeah, cool right. episode. This was pretty great. Cool groovy episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I'm sorry about all of Gavin's sound effects that he added for this episode. It's uh, awesome. <laughs> La punta es una leyenda. But we'll see you guys next week. Same time, hopefully, if the grosses are out. Yeah. Thanks, Broadway League, for getting those to us on time this week. Kisses, Broadway League. Kisses, Broadway League. Kisses, Liam. Love you, Gavin. Love you, too. Bye.